0: From John chapter 12, verses 1 to 11. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here, a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served, while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save the perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well, for on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing in him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Thank you. Uh, Good morning again, everybody. Uh, Let's just pray before I share what I'm going to share this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the Bible. We thank you that we can still hear from you and learn from you. And I pray, Lord, that we would learn this morning and that what I have to say would be from you. Amen. So we've got this uh, dinner party scene at a house in Bethany. uh, And it really echoes an earlier party, uh, an earlier meal with Martha and Mary. Martha is still serving uh, and Mary is still fully focused on Jesus. But this time, instead of comparing Mary and Martha with one another, we have a different character to compare Mary to. Judas. And uh, I feel like this short passage shows us two completely different approaches to doing life with Jesus. And as I read it, I was like, oh, there's so much I could unpack here, there's so much I could say, but there was one question that kept coming to my mind. And it was this, are you more Mary or more Judas? Now, of all the people in the Bible, I'm not sure I would ever want to be compared to Judas but there are some challenges in this passage. Judas, after all, followed Jesus closely. He was one of the 12. We can assume that, in appearance at least, he listened to what Jesus taught. He helped to feed the 5,000. He saw miracle after miracle. He heard parable after parable. To the outside world, he was a respectable apprentice of Jesus. And this appearance, this what other people thought of him, was important to Judas. We can assume that at this dinner, he was following all the right customs and laws. He was fitting in exactly to what society expected. Mary, on the other hand degrades herself so completely in the eyes of society that people felt moved to say something. Not only did she touch Jesus' feet, which would have been in sandals and frankly disgusting, even if it is Jesus, and that is something that only servants are meant to do, but she wiped them with her hair. Respectable Jewish women traditionally would not let their hair down in public, and to do so would be quite a big taboo, that Mary doesn't care what other people think. She is not focused on what they will and won't say about her. She is only focused on Jesus, on honoring him and worshiping him. Are you more Mary or more Judas? Do you care more about what society thinks of you than how Jesus views you? Are you worried to be embarrassed for Jesus? Mary values Jesus incredibly highly. Not only is she willing to lose her reputation and her dignity for him, but she is also willing to give him an incredibly precious gift. Verse 5 suggests that a pint of pure nard, I always struggle to say that word with a straight face. A pint of pure nard costs about a year's wages. So today's equivalent could be around £18,000 if you're on minimum wage. £18,000 of perfume just poured away in one go. We don't know why Mary has such a precious substance, but we do know that it was intended for Jesus' burial. Mary is giving him the gift and anointing him in person while she has the chance. Judas, on the other hand, has an entirely different value that he gives to Jesus. 30 pieces of silver. That's nowhere near 18,000 pounds. Best guesses are around this day, it's probably closer to 150 pounds. And uh, even his suggestion, and I always kind of picture Judas like a comic book pantomime villain with a little art dry brown a wink to the camera uh, that we could sell that and give it to the poor Uh, even that suggestion is actually a chance to make more gains for himself verse 6 tells us that he doesn't care about the poor but that he is a thief when Mary saw an opportunity to give Jesus everything Judas saw a chance to make a quick gain His value of Jesus lies much more in what he can earn in earthly terms. Mary is giving everything to Jesus. Judas is working out what he can gain from him. Are you more Mary or more Judas? Do you look to offer your life to Jesus or are you just trying to gain from him? Now, of course, knowing and following Jesus means that we do gain an awful lot. God is the great gift giver, and he does bless those who follow his son. But we should be motivated just by getting to know Jesus intimately and not by the gifts that he gives us. And I know that that's a line I have crossed in the past. Mary does have this intimate, close knowledge of Jesus, She knows that he won't get cross with her or embarrass her or shout at her for wiping his feet with her hair. She knows from the previous dinner that choosing to be close to Jesus is better than choosing anything else. Her heart is entirely bent towards intimacy with Jesus. She knows who he is, how precious he is. Judas, on the other hand, despite living and working with Jesus for three years, Judas still doesn't really understand who Jesus is. If he did, he wouldn't have sold him to the high priest just a few days after this incident. If he did know Jesus, he wouldn't have made the rather obnoxious comment about selling the perfume and giving it to the poor. He says that to look good. He says it's because he thinks that's what Jesus and what society wants to hear. Jesus doesn't want our platitudes and for us to say the perceived right thing. He wants our hearts and our minds totally and completely. He wants us to know him as deeply as he knows us. Mary, in her act of devotion, shows that she understands this. Judas, for all the time he has spent following Jesus and saying doing the right things in public, is still utterly clueless. Are you more Mary or more Judas? Is your relationship with Jesus deep and intimate, or is it a surface level of knowing what you should say and do? Whilst I was preparing for this talk, and I spent some time really thinking about the passage, uh, I admit that I began to feel quite uncomfortable. Because if we imagine a sliding scale between Mary and Judas, I can look at my life and see times where I'm definitely edging towards the Judas side. As I said earlier, that's not someone in the Bible you want to be compared to. There have been times in my life when I've said and done things because they're the right thing to do, but my motivation has been wrong or I've been doing it grudgingly. I'm not motivated necessarily by a desire for closeness to Jesus. I'm motivated by gaining earthly things from him. Some of you may know that my husband and I suffered through two miscarriages in the past, and for a while, my brain decided that that was punishment because I hadn't been doing my quiet time with any regularity or sincerity. So I began to do a proper in-depth quiet time for 30 to 40 minutes every single morning without fail. I was up at half five. I was doing it before work. But my motivation wasn't, as it should have been, to get to know Jesus better, to understand him, to be close to him. It was to try and earn what I wanted. A baby. Now, you'll be pleased to know that I realized what a fool I was being after a few weeks, and I managed to keep doing the quiet time, but with better motivation. But for a while, I was much more Judas than Mary. I was seen to be doing the right thing, but it was for all the wrong reasons. My heart was selfish, not seeking. It's an uncomfortable thought, isn't it? Jesus, in many places in the Bible, makes people uncomfortable. He forces us to assess where we are in our lives. He forces us to address spiritual issues, and often in ways we don't expect. There is one line in this passage I have always struggled with, and it's verse 8. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. It almost seems like Jesus is dismissing the seriousness of poverty. Oh, they'll always be around. But in reality, he's making an uncomfortable point to Judas. He's telling him that Mary recognises she only has a short time to give Jesus worship. That Mary recognises Jesus' value and worth. And he's reminding Judas of a verse from Deuteronomy. There will always be poor people in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed towards your fellow Israelites who are poor and needy in your land. He knows that Judas is not open-handed towards his fellow people, just as he is not open-hearted towards Jesus. I like to think there's a subtext here, uh, an unspoken challenge from Jesus. There will always be poor people in the land, Judas. What are you going to do about it? If you really care about the poor, Judas, you have the rest of your life to serve them. Nothing Mary has done could stop that. Feels like a bit of a challenge to us, too. Jesus knew that Judas's heart and mind was turned towards earthly gains in this earthly realm. Mary isn't stopping him from helping the poor, but rather she is demonstrating an incredible act of worship. Her heart and mind are turned towards the spiritual realm. Are you more Mary or more Judas? Let's pray as the band come back and we can worship again.